0: When we started this series and when I I put together the form for it, it was actually while I was gone, those weeks in May, beginning to kind of prepare some things and think about this and also the future of Alley and some things that we're trying to do. This one was not on the radar. It was not part of the plans I wasn't expecting to do a week that we talked about being kids or being children in the household. And it really wasn't an intentional exclusion as much as I just didn't think about it. Um... I guess I didn't realize or think about the idea that this carried with it as much significance as us thinking about what it means for us to be parents in the parent-child relationship. Somehow it, it, it didn't seem as pressing or as, as clear that I need to talk about it. I don't know if maybe I was influenced by the reality that our Old Testament scriptures, as we read the Ten Commandments, makes it pretty clear this idea of the relationship that children are supposed to have with their parents and... Therefore just this assumption that that means obviously since it's one of the commandments we all do it And yet I know that's not true in my own life So why would I even possibly assume that as we're talking through this that Because that's there it's just true in everyone's life Obviously it is more than that and it's bigger than that And then something interesting happened as I was preparing this week And I ran across this multitude of ...of of mentions and referrals, of repeating and quoting the Old Testament commandments. It happens all throughout the New Testament. It happens several times in the Old Testament, this repeating of honor your father and your mother. And as I saw the number of times that this was repeated, it began to become clear to me... ...that there's something in this more significant than perhaps I ever quite realized... Because when I was a kid, it was simply that's what you do because that's what you do. That's just what you do. And that's what I learned when I was young. And for many of us, I think in the same kind of way, we have often not paid a lot of attention to what this means because it's just one of the rules. So you just follow the rules. Yesterday, I made a rule for Emery, and she wanted to know why. And I said what I'm sure we all as kids said we would never say that our parents say. Because I said so. But why? And three times throughout the day later. Why? Why? Because I said so. And that's the way we're going to do it. And in so many ways, I think we read this one and just simply say, because I said so. But the scriptures seem to give us reason that is bigger than that, that is more than that, that really is much more expansive and much more important than because God said so. Ephesians 6, the passage that we read, we read it this week and we read it last week, and it refers to both the roles that children's pl- children play and the roles that parents are to play. As I mentioned a moment ago, as I mentioned last week, it says fathers, but that really has to do with a cultural bias. That has to do with the cultural bias of what was being written and what was understood with regards to who was responsible for things like discipline. So because the father's word was speaking specifically to that. We don't live in that same kind of age. We don't live in that same kind of life. Very clearly those instructions are instructions that are supposed to be to parents, not just to one or the other. And yet in the passage, before it gives any instructions to parents, it talks about children. It talks about the ways in which children are supposed to behave. So we're not going to talk about parenting. We did last week. Uh, if you're interested in that, it's on our website or wherever you get podcasts. It's out there. It's available to you. Uh, but last week we talked about parenting. Uh, again, follow up in the series we've been in for several weeks now. Today we're going to talk about what it means to be children because it's the instructions for children that actually come before any instructions are given to, given to parents in this passage. And I've read it, but here's what it says. Let me read it again. Children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord. For this is the right thing to do. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. If you honor your father and mother, things will go well for you and you will have a long life on the earth. Obviously, it is a clear reference to the Old Testament commandments that I've mentioned. The the, the commandments that we know, that we've talked about, that we find in two different places in the Old Testament. It's in Exodus chapter 20, uh, verse 12, and then also in Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 16. And they're almost carbon copies of one another. Very slight differences. Let me read the Deuteronomy one, and I'll point out the only difference that exists between the two. But in Deuteronomy 5, 16, it says, Honor your father and mother. As the Lord your God commanded you, then you will live a long, full life in the land the Lord your God is giving you. The only addition is this, as the Lord your God commanded you. Giving us the ability to presume that what's happening here is that this one is quoting the original commandment that's in the book of Exodus. So it's, it's responding and quoting again what they knew was there, what they'd already seen. It's speaking back to the other one as Paul talked about this, as Paul talked about these commandments that they would have known, that they would have seen, he also does some really interesting things with the variations that he brings in to how he talks about these commandments. As we read Ephesians chapter 6, we see that he talks about obey and then quickly switches to honor. And no matter what we learned as children, obey and honor aren't actually the same thing. They're not really synonyms, even though Paul seems to bounce back and forth. Even though when I was a kid, I think I was probably taught that the commandment actually said obey your mother and father. But obedience and honor are not exactly the same thing. Obedience would fall under the understanding of what it means to honor someone. It would be an aspect of what happens. The Hebrew word that is honor comes from a a word that has its origin in heavy or weighty or this... (laughs) again heavy thing that would kind of be on you and in my mind I think about uh, about a weight that's put on someone or a, or a heavy coat that that bears down on you a little bit but it's that kind of root that it comes from so so honor is really more than just appropriate behavior it's also more than just appropriate thoughts or appropriate respect it's this all encompassing weighty reverence that should influence a child's attitude and posture Towards their parents It's heavy It's weighty It's honor In the Expositor's Bible Commentary It says that That honor includes At least these three things Prizing them highly Caring and showing affection for them And showing respect And fear Or revering them Have you got slides For any of this Jerry? Slide slides four, like that passage Right there Now, now those are last weeks. So you may not have new ones up. Okay, that's why I'm trying to know so that I can point you towards things if they don't pop up on the slide. So those are last weeks. I don't know if this week's are available in that place where you can get them, but those are last weeks. Um, Good to know. Expositor's Bible Commentary. Honor is at least three things. Prizing them highly, caring and showing affection for them, and showing respect and fear or revering them. And yet, as we talk about this, we read this passage or something, something interesting for me that's taking place as we, as we read it, as we pay attention to it, is that all of these were culturally understood expectations for children. There's absolutely nothing surprising in this call for children to honor their parents. He refers back to the Old Testament. He refers back to the commandments that they'd known. This was the way that life was lived. So why this coming back to it? Why this repeat over and over again? And this is where I began to grasp there's something really significant here that is more than just about following the rules. For both the Old Testament people of God and the New Testament church, the family... Was the core of covenantal living. So right relationships inside the household. Were the center of what it meant to live lives as the people of God. And honestly we still believe this is true. This is really why we're doing this entire series and talking about what it means to be married or what it means to live single and what it means to be parents and what it means to have children. We're talking through this multitude of relational overlaps. We talk about moms. Next week we'll talk about dads. This multitude of relational overlaps because what our relationships look like at home are central to what it means for us to be living out faith, loving God and loving others. The primary call that Jesus has placed upon us at the church begins at home. The start of this life of, of living according to what it means to be Jesus' followers. Showing love to people both inside and outside our homes comes first through the relationships that we have inside our home. We first communicate love and the gospel to other people by allowing them to see the ways in which we do marriage and singleness. We let them see the gospel through the way in which we do parenting And we speak the gospel through the ways in which we live as children with our parents. Whether we're living in their home or not, it is an ongoing communication of this is what it looks like to live as Jesus people. So all of those relationships and more as we think about our families, those are our first methods of speaking the gospel to others as they see the ways in which we love one another inside the household. Living faith begins at home. And this is why this was so important for Paul. It's why he came back to it and began to teach it again and speak it again. Why he was reiterating what they already knew and what they already understood as practice. Paul was reminding them that this Old Testament responsibility continued into the life of the New Testament church community. This was not done. This was not over. So honor... And therefore obey, again, obedience comes underneath, honor, honor, and therefore obeying mom and dad was incredibly important. And yet as he talks about this and what's going on, it's important to me what Paul didn't say. He didn't say, honor mom and dad because the Bible said so. It's one of the big ten, so just do it. Just believe me, follow the rules and go along. He also didn't say do it because mom and dad always do exactly what they're supposed to do. So therefore, you're supposed to show them honor. You're supposed to follow after them. In fact, he hadn't even spoken to any instructions for parents yet. That was coming after he spoke to the instructions that existed for children. Paul did have a reason, a reason why he said that children were to honor their parents. It's in the end of verse one, or the middle of verse one, actually. It says, you honor your parents because you belong to the Lord. Honor your parents because you belong to the Lord. We honor our parents because this is what God's people do. This is the way Christ followers live. This is how we respond to those interactions and those relationships and those connections. As followers of Jesus, we honor our parents. Why? Because we belong to God. Because we desire to follow Jesus. Because we long to live lives that bring honor to God and his kingdom. And Paul gives absolutely no qualifiers. There's no way out of it. If you you and I call ourselves Christ followers and desire to follow after Jesus, he gives no exceptions. We're called into this space of honoring our parents. And that means we do so whether or not our parents know Christ. Whether our parents are addicts or not. Whether we live in their house or we don't. Whether they still have full control of their mind and their body or not. Whether mom and dad behave as they should or not, as followers of Jesus, we are called into this place and this space of giving honor to our parents. Part of living out our faith is that we show a weighty reverence to our parents. We give them honor. Now, there are some exceptions. And we don't highlight the exceptions, and Paul didn't highlight the exceptions, because often when we hear there are exceptions, we look for every possible avenue to push our situation through the exceptions. And that's not what's going on. The exceptions weren't mentioned, because in some ways they were understood. This call to honor mom and dad was not a way of putting them above Jesus. It was not meaning that they somehow carried a role or a place of honor and respect that was above Jesus. Or even even a call to obedience that necessarily stood above what was happening with Jesus. They weren't being elevated to that kind of place, but in the same space, as I say that, it's important for us to understand and to grasp that that didn't give them or us room to abandon honoring our parents because of a lack of faith in them. Sometimes I hear the argument that when a kid comes to faith, when a child comes to faith, no matter their age or connection with their parents, that it means that no longer are they supposed to honor or respect or obey or follow after the instructions of mom and dad because mom and dad don't know Jesus. And because they're on different paths or different understandings, they don't have to continue to follow mom and dad. Now, it's not specifically spoken to here. It's not specifically spoken to anywhere, but I think we can infer that it's really hard for us to get to that space based on what Paul says about married people. In 1 Corinthians chapter 7, we find out that there's this interesting overlap that was taking place In that as a married couple, one person would come to faith They were seeking permission to leave their non-believing spouse Believing that they were too far disconnected now They weren't on the same page, they didn't understand There were too many faith fights There was all this stuff that was possibly going on So they were asking permission to leave their non-believing spouse And in 1 Corinthians 7, Paul says, nope Nope You have to stay. You stay committed to the relationship that you have, committed to the covenant that you have, committed to this marriage that you're in with hopes that the non-believing spouse will come to know and follow Jesus also. And I think there's that same implication, that same inference that we can make with regard to the situation that exists between children who come to know Jesus and parents who aren't there yet. We continue to show honor. We continue to be connected. We continue to give obedience. Why? With the hopes that it's through us that our parents come to know and follow Jesus. It's not a way out. Those exceptions weren't given. Paul was very tight with allowing any room outside of that. Now in both, and let me say this. I didn't say this clearly before, but I do want to make sure that this is really clear. Whether it's in a parenting child situation or it's in a husband wife situation, a pretty clear exception that I understand in the scriptures is when abuse becomes involved. Now abuse is not just an automatic you get to run away now you're out. Abuse is you call the community of faith in around you and you figure out what next best steps are. Now that too is dangerous. Sorry, there are people who hear this online who aren't a part of our community of faith that need to hear. You also have to be wise about who that community of faith is. Because there are folks who will say marriages always stay together no matter what's going on. And I don't think that's consistent with the scriptures. Kids always stay in homes no matter how they're being treated. I also don't think that's consistent with the scriptures. I'm going to just leave it there if you got more questions come find me or send me nasty emails either one's completely appropriate we'll just send those to the spam folder joking love to have conversation about it the scripture does offer these allowances for when a marriage might end And I think for when a difference happens between the interaction that's going on between parents and their children, I think the scriptures allow those. But it's always important that we run that through the filter of understanding that God always desires that families be restored and reconciled. That is always God's first desire. That is always God's first commitment. No matter what has happened in the past, for the sake of the gospel community, God desires that relationships, and especially family relationships, be reconciled. That includes marriages. That includes relationships between parents and their kids. That includes relationships between siblings when strife or conflict comes in. God desires that relationships be reconciled. Always. So with very few exceptions, there are these breaks, there are these separations that take place. But they're never the automatic way out. They're never what we jump to or what's going on. Marriages stay together, children honor their parents, because this is one of the significant ways that we live out our belonging to Jesus. Does that make sense? you sort of on the same page with me? Even if you're not, we can continue to press on. Because Paul does some pretty cool things as he continues to talk about this, as he continues to wrestle with what's going on here. As I mentioned a moment ago, he doesn't simply say obey because that's the rule. Instead, he does something drastically countercultural as Paul deals with this understanding of what's happening between children and their parents. Reality of that culture children were thought of in a very similar way to slaves. They really had no choice in the obedience issue. They simply obeyed because there was no option. The same way that slaves were expected to behave. So Paul dealt with both of them in the passage. He dealt with the relationship between children and their parents. He dealt with the relationship between slaves and slave owners. Right here in these passages that are connected to one another. And he does something incredible with both of these relationships. N.T. Wright, well-known New Testament scholar, says this. The remarkable thing about this passage, both the commands to children and parents and those to slaves and masters, is that the children and slaves evidently have, in Paul's eyes, what we would call rights. So they knew that parents and slave owners had rights. It would have never been considered that children or slaves had any rights in this situation. It would have never been considered that parents and slave owners should treat their children or even their slaves with some type of respect or integrity or honor. Now, let me make it really clear. I don't think Paul was arguing for slaves I don't think the scriptures say we should have slaves. I read a great article this week that said Paul imagining life without slaves is like you and me imagining life with zero electricity. Like it was just that ingrained into the culture and the society. There was never the possibility of thinking about anything else. That's just the way it was. Thankfully, things have changed. But what Paul was speaking to is the idea that those who were underneath, those who were children, those who were slaves, that they somehow now had rights. They, too, should be treated with honor. They, too, should be treated with integrity. Paul was doing something amazing with the church community. Something that would have never been thought of as he was bringing a form of equality. Now, not quite equals to parents and their children, but a form of equality to both of them as he was saying to them, Fulfill the role that you have been asked to play as children of God. Parents, parent as children of God. Children, be children and honor your parents as children of God. The relationships look drastically different for Christ followers than they would for the rest of the world. And that's what Paul was trying to say. That the relationships between children and their parents look drastically different inside the church than outside the church. The relationships, even between slaves and their slave owners, drastically different inside the church than outside the church. Paul was speaking to you and to me and to them as Christ followers. And saying that we are called to love other people. Whether they're considered higher up the totem pole than we are or lower down the totem pole than we are. We love them the same way. The way in which Christ has loved us. And this was unimaginable to them as they read it. Never would have considered such a thing possible. Children had rights Parents to treat them with honor and respect As the passage continues Paul does this really interesting thing with the speak of a promise In verse 2 he says Honor your father and mother This is the first commandment with a promise What's really odd is that it isn't There are other commandments that have promises in them So no one's exactly sure what it was that he was trying to say here No one's exactly sure why he said it was the first with a promise because there were others. And even as we look at the promise that's there, this idea that years would be added to your life, that if you honored your mom and dad that you would live long on the earth or in the Old Testament passages, it says long in this promised land that had been promised to you. It's probably also not a literal promise. That somehow by honoring mom and dad I literally add years to my life Although there are times that I've wondered if that might have been true Or at least the opposite might have been true Really it's more of a proverbial expression That if we honor mom and dad that it, that it adds life to us And yet at the same time I think Paul was pushing into something deeper If family is the core of the covenantal community I would press a bit farther and also say that family is the core or the center of our missional living. It is out of the family that we first live as a missional people. We know as a church we're called to that, but we start that process out of the family. And if that's true, then living in this way, honoring mom and dad this way, honoring our parents living the way that the scriptures call them to, living out this way has a positive impact on the life of the church. On the covenantal people, on our missional expression of what it means to be loved by Jesus. If children honor their parents, then it p- improves the relationships in home and in the community and in the neighborhood and ultimately to the very ends of the earth. And just through appropriate living in this relationship, we have become missional people. We also have influence and increased peace, not just in our homes, but throughout the world. And it's easy to believe that because of so, it would impact our life and quite possibly bring longevity into our life. Because this has instigated peace throughout home, our culture, our community, our society, and the world. Loving well brings upon all of us better living and arguably longer life. So following Jesus in this way is this fruition of what John 10.10 says. My purpose, this is Jesus speaking, my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. This is part of you and I living abundant life. Alright, let me see if I can wrap up. Real simply, real practical. Honor is not something that we do at a legal obligation. This showing high esteem or reverence or respect is not about respecting the chain of command. Paul was not that interested in following the rules. Paul was not that interested in maintaining the typical power struggles or the power structures that everyone knew. Instead, what we are to grasp is that this call to honor our parents, is one of the most significant ways that we communicate the love of Jesus. So church, no matter your age, no matter the age of your parents, we are called to honor our parents, even when we think they're on a power trip. Even when we think they don't uh, or we don't understand why they're putting in place rules that they're putting in place We're called to honor our parents even as they age And we're then asked to become caretakers over them We're called to honor our parents when they don't understand or even support our pursuit of faith We are called to honor our parents even when they don't deserve it because of their own poor behaviors We are called to honor their parents whether we're living in their homes, or we're grown and we're living in our own homes, or they've aged and have to move back into our homes. At every phase of our life, there is this call to honor parents because this is one of the great and bold ways in which we show the love of Christ to the world. To them, to our household, and to others. We do this because we have been empowered to love. Not out of obligation, but out of the opportunity that we have to choose to follow Christ in showing loving honor. The choice is ours. The call to faithfulness is ours. So we, ob- we respond with love, and with this weighty honor. Pray with me, would you? Jesus, we give you thanks. And we celebrate the opportunity we have to come and gather as the church. This morning, as we look back at the scriptures and we talk about what it means for... For children to be in right relationship with mom and dad. God, I pray for our children who are still living in homes with their parents. I pray that you give them wisdom. I pray that they recognize their rights and the choice that they have to give honor to mom and dad. And I pray that they would make the bold and loving choice to show honor. God, I pray for those of us who are children and yet we are grown. We're not kids and yet we still have this choice, this opportunity, this privilege, this calling to give honor to mom and dad. No matter where they are in their own journey, in their own life, no matter where their health is, no matter what their life situation may be, Whether or not they have earned our honor, we are called as the people of Jesus to give it. So give us courage and boldness to do so. Recognizing that in these ways, we continue to communicate the love of Christ to our world.